Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shaper Work podcast and for today's episode we have with us Mr. Pushkar Purohit who is currently working as senior manager of sales training at JB Pharma. Hi Pushkar, thank you for joining us. Hi Archit, thanks for inviting me. Happy to have you. So to begin with, could you please take us through your career journey so far? So Archit, my career in the field of learning and development it has been exciting and fulfilling and it started from the job of a sales representative medical representatives as we call them in india and you know while growing through the ranks in the sales function i recognized that my passion was for helping individuals develop their skill and knowledge over the years i honed my expertise by taking on progressive challenging roles both in the sales also as well as in the training aspects also those were additional responsibilities that i opted for uh, then i got certified from the tata institute of social science in lnd uh, so that you know a certificate adds value you may have knowledge but you know you require certificates after that i got certified as a executive coach also and in lnd specific my career has been for the last Eight years now, it has been fulfilling, satisfying, and exciting. I would say. Okay, so now that you've made a career in learning and development, and it's sort of like a very, uh, it 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 it's a topic that has gained momentum in the recent times, as we say, because you know most of the organizations today are talking about learning and development. So my question to you is, what are your viewpoints on micro learning and personalized learning? So yes, you are right, Archit. You know, L&D has gained an importance. It already was important earlier, also. But you know, the realization has come very strong post COVID or during COVID times. Uh, during COVID, when people were not allowed to go on field sales teams, you know, that was the time that organizations used for developing the talent that they had, and. Uh, that time this both these words that you are talking about you know micro learning and personalized learning these words actually started making sense because earlier what used to happen is there you was a one training program for example i i'll talk about pharma specifically okay i hire a person and there was one basic induction program that used to happen for the person to induct him on the corporate Uh, roles and responsibilities then there was a therapy or medical training program that used to happen for the person wherein you know he would be taken through the medical parts that he will go and discuss with the doctors now that program was designed and there were 25 30 people who would come participants who would come over there the agenda of the program is fixed the design of the program is fixed it is like a school you know uh, so the syllabus is fixed and the students just has to come to that class 
and you go to the second standard the syllabus is fixed now whether you want to whether you are a kinesthetic learner or you are a, you know you are a auditory learner it doesn't matter because this is the textbook you have to go through that however during covid when we were discussing about employee satisfaction and employee learning also that is when and people were usually you know exposed to long hours of zoom sessions zoom virtual trainings that is when micro learning people started using so you know they started understanding that the attention span of this generation is getting down i would you know i think you know that currently our attention span is only 8.25 seconds it is less than the goldfish you know which was said to have the shortest attention span of 9 seconds so that is where micro learning you know is very important it, we have to understand this that people are now not interested in waiting for an entire week to watch the what will happen in the next episode of a shaktiman or an alibaba today people will go and binge watch an entire series you know they don't have patience and they don't want to go and read a they don't want to go to a library and read and find and make their own notes you know they will say boss what is important give us that so that is where micro learning comes in second important point that you are mentioning is personalized learning i mean you know we cannot deny this fact that this generation is about personalization Today, all of our devices, you know, even if you look at a mobile phone or a smartwatch, all these devices have these features where you can personalize it to your taste. So, everybody wants to feel special. Then why not when they are administered learning shots? Your style of learning may be different. And as a learning professional, then we will have to look at participants that way. today what we are doing in our sessions okay that i do in my organizations the personalization plays such an important role now we are also doing the mbtis of the people so suppose for a program if 30 participants are coming in the pre work of the program the mbti test is administered to them and we come to know the style of the person so that you know while i design my program while i design the activities during the program back of my mind i have this reference where i know that okay out of this 30 people how much percentage of the people will be actively involved in this activity the good part is even if it is a virtual or a physical session the participants they are not bothered that what is going to happen you know there is nobody is going to come and push me to come and dance on the stage if i am an introvert so otherwise that happens so that personalization adds a touch and the participant is also more open to learning he is not threatened to attend that learning program i totally agree, <coughs> I totally agree with you what I mean what whatever you said so far and with you know as you mentioned that technology has been rapidly advancing now everybody needs um, everything in their hand like in just one click nobody is going to wait and it has smart work and smart work has sort of taken over the hard work as we say yes and so with 
technology advancing rapidly i mean we have a artificial intelligence coming into the picture do you think all this is going to impact the lnd dimension in any way yeah surely you know archit uh, it is not i think you know you change the question the question is i it does not matter whether i think it is going to have an impact or not it is already started having an impact now as an lnd professional the challenge what i see we are facing is lot of are we accepting that impact no ai is here and it is here to stay i accept it or don't accept it that is the challenge that is happening and even if i don't accept it okay ai has the potential to revolutionize how we design deliver and analyze our trainings it is going to do its work the chat gpts or other ai tools that are coming they have just started collecting data right now it is just the tip of the iceberg that we are seeing nobody knows what it holds as of the moment they will have you know it is let i would say let us wait for another 5 years so that these ai tools because you know they will reflect back on the data that they have to make further uh, decisions or to give for future solutions so right now we have data for example if i talk about india we have data references of what around 100 200 years 200 250 300 years as a country yeah and whatever decisions we are making today or we will make in future we will refer to those years of data that we have today my ai tool is not even having 50 years of data to look back at and it is giving me solutions just by you know 3 4 years of data so the moment every day that is passing it is collecting huge amount of data and the more data it will have the more robust the platforms will become totally coming to lnd yes they will have a real time impact they are already ai tools are already having an impact and they are in future the impact is going to increase but what i see is i see is this in the positive signs for the lnd you know all because ai as a tool it is going to facilitate the facilitator you know or the professional it will make our work easier we will have a lot of data to reflect back which we we don't do we don't analyze there we there is going to be a tool that will do most importantly it will add impact to the training programs that are happening so you know i will know what where the program started and what is the impact that the program has had after somebody has attended the program we will have to tie this up together the challenge lies in tying up all these loose ends that are there so yes and short answer to your question ai is definitely going to have a positive impact uh, on the lnd fraternity also amazing so i mean when we talk about lnd a lot of it comes that we do have policies of learning and development in you know in the process or in our company but 
for according to me ai can also be used as an effective tool to understand and analyze the effectiveness of those you know learning then develop to see the learning that you know how far they are actually making an impact in terms of employees whether in terms of their performances so uh, that aspect of it can also be seen like as a positive thing that okay with the help of ai we can finally understand that okay a particular learning is being given to the employees or training is being given how impactful they are you know on the ground very true very true so um, having the prime focus on fostering learning what according to you serves the purpose better physical or virtual workshops and how uh this is a question that you know everybody everybody from the participant to the ceos of the organizations are asking to the lnd team they are asking the and this is a question which is answered a lot of times by different experts what i would want to say is both you know it is like you are asking me what is more important for a human body water or air both of them are important they have their advantages and both virtual as well as physical workshops they serve distinct purpose you know in fostering learning physical workshops where they are they provide a tangible immersive experience you know and uh, the us piece of a physical workshop people perceive is that participants get to engage in face to face interactions we can you know a facilitator can look at the body language of the participants can taper the delivery there are a lot of hands on activities you know and people you get it is very easy for a facilitator to get a 5 out of 5 stars in a physical training you know because you can include a lot of hands on activities people will learn uh, the in person setting also it fosters a connection of you know a sense of connection i would say and collaboration between all the participants so you know it can to some extent address your early attrition issues also because for the 5 7 days that people are coming in they are staying together at a exotic location and they spend time together they make these bonds which are beyond professional bonds you know on the other hand uh, we have virtual workshops where uh, technology is the key you know we leverage technology to overcome geographical constraints and offer flexibility now we will also have to look at how did this virtual workshops this concept you know yes it was available even before covid but in the indian context you know a lot of us feel that we were force fed we had we were pushed to use during covid we were pushed towards virtual and that is why there is a lot of heartburn if you see in indians against this question has not arisen if you look at the western countries they were they are more open they were more open they already had webex zoom even we had but our ex you know we are indians we like to meet people so during covid times yes there was an over administration of virtual i would say and uh, uh, the question that is arising is you know the question is 
which is impactful both are impactful it depends upon where which you are using where so what is your learning objective so if i if my learning objective is clear that learning objective should decide whether it is going to be a physical or a virtual workshop point number 1 second when i talk about virtual hosting you know as a lnd professional about hosting a learning program virtually am i myself equipped enough you know because just like a physical workshop the virtual workshop also depends upon the facilitator's ability to engage the audience to engage the participants so i will also have to upskill myself to conduct a virtual program so do i introspect myself rather than blaming the platform am i looking inside that is my second question okay that we need to ask third is both a very short answer to the question that you asked yes both are important uh, in their own ways as lnd functions of our organizations we will have to take that onus upon ourselves to decide what percentage should it be used in you know during covid it was 100% virtual before covid it was 100% physical in most of the organizations and we when it was 100% physical during covid we realized we got a setback that 100% physical is not possible okay then came the covid era where it went to 100% virtual and then you know there were all these reports in the newspapers telling that people are now stressed because of virtual meetings they don't want to attend virtual meetings and all so we also got a taste that oh my god 100% virtual is also not good for our health so the right balance is very important and we need to understand that balance yeah very well mentioned uh, and as you mentioned in your answer that you know the prime focus should be on the learning objective it depends entirely on it so that as long as the objective objective is being fulfilled um, both serves the purpose both are equally impactful and now yeah as you mentioned that we need to find a balance because we can't just rely on black and whites now people have found like a middle way where certain things could be taken to you know what things that yes Yeah. So that was an amazing answer. So my last question to you is: According to you, what is the difference between upskilling and reskilling? And obviously, how important are both of them for workforce today? I should thank you, Arjun. You know, you asked me this question because a lot of times, both these terms are interchangeably used. Yeah. You know, uh, because there was an era, the industrial era, which just came in you know when the countries were growing the economies were growing where skill development was focused upon then came an era of upskilling that okay now there are new machines that are coming in a new technology that is coming in so i need to upskill my workforce and today when lot of people use upskilling it is not upskilling actually in the sense of the term today reskilling is very important or you know how do i when i change roles how do i reskill my employees now but upskilling i will say it plays a very important role specifically in the 
you know the economies that we live in today where the cost of employment is very high and you need to get more work done from your workforce not only more work in the terms of quantity but quality also very important yes and that is where upskilling plays a very important i'll give you an example for example you know earlier if i got appointed in an organization as a receptionist okay my only job was to say hi to people who come to the office to greet them okay and to receive the telephone calls it was a landline call so you know anybody calls in i had to say good morning good morning good evening sir and all now that's it you know by the time i realized i have spent my entire life doing that job 20 25 years and i retire nothing has changed it was the same landline telephone that the person is using and he does that today join an organization even as a receptionist you know just learning that skills won't help me the so, those soft skills today because today the receptionist has an access to allocating allocating meeting rooms of the office there is an office management software which is there that i need to and that software is upgrading every few months every few years you know that the landline has gone it is an email today you know if if my office is like our office if it is located in a commercial complex then i have to all as the receptionist i also have to be aware with the software that the commercial complex is using mm-hmm. and tomorrow they may change the software without even asking me you know so i will have to upskill myself for that so that is upskilling i do the same my work may not change but i look at how effective i am in doing that work for factory workers you know uh, it is very easy to measure in factories because the amount of waste that is going how do we reduce that and for that factory workers can be upskilled so that waste is reduced the companies can make profit okay losses are reduced similarly in our case in, in because i come from pharma Uh, so today we are talking about what is the impact that my person is having now a new person joins in after 6 months how do i upskill him so that he makes better calls at the doctors he gives the customer a better experience to be associated with our organization so that is upskilling reskilling on the other part is it is mostly associated with the role change so till today suppose i was working as an individual contributor tomorrow i get to handle a team i become a manager for for the first time in my life now i was a great individual role that i get promoted as a manager tomorrow now i may be a great individual contributor but when i get my role changes so i will have to reskill myself i will have to learn new skills of managing people and to avoid the confusion between upskilling and reskilling the hr as well as the lnd team both of them will have to play a very important very very important role i would say you know first in distinguishing between what is upskilling and reskilling and what is re- second what is required where you know why i am telling that because in today's competitive world you cannot invest in a skilling program and then realize that oh my god you know this was a mistake that we have done actually upskilling was not required reskilling was required or lot of time 
you know, uh, reskilling is replaced with upskilling. So actually only upskilling was required. But what happens is a lot of times organizations, they go for a program which is a reskilling program, whereas reskilling was not required. So, you know, that is why the HR and the L&D teams will play a very important role in creating that distinguish amongst the organization, in the organization, defining it very clearly. And it all starts with defining the competencies. Once you have set the competencies of different roles very clearly, and then there are different level of competencies also. So if I have to put it in the L&D terminologies, you know, if I define competencies along with different roles, that will serve, that will give me an idea where reskilling is required or which role changes. And then if I have to go and find where upskilling is required, maybe I will have to further define, divide these competencies into different levels. You know, level 1, level 2 or level 3, level 4, whatever levels you want to keep it at your organizations. So these different levels is where my upskilling programs will be targeted at. How do I move the person from level 1 to level 2? Upskill him. And after he has reached to level 4, for example, then how do I risk? And if he is eligible for a promotion or for a role change. So before he moves into the new role, how do I start the reskilling exercise of this person based on the new competencies that he is going to require for his new? My two pieces on that. Amazing. And yeah, I completely agree with what you said because, you know, the dynamics of work have changed lately. You know, it just, I mean, obviously both of them are equally important, upskilling and reskilling, but there were a lot of confusion to which you, you know, answered really uh, well that how the two things are not uh, it cannot be interchangeably used, which most of the people do. Yes. So, uh, thank you. Thank you for that amazing answer. And thank you for coming on board for this episode. It was amazing to have you to hear some of the amazing points from you. Thanks, Archit. Thanks for inviting me. My best wishes to you as well as to Springworks. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode.